Good evening. Back in Psalm 119. Really enjoyed our series and spent a few times in different settings doing a little study on the previous eight verses which we looked at last week. 136. Uh, one, 131 to 136. So, and just a great reminder that God's way is to be gracious with his own and he will keep us steady as we walk by faith and he will redeem us from our oppressors and he will bless us as he teaches us his word what a great prayer four-part prayer to keep praying but we come to verse 137 righteous are you O Lord and right are your rules you have appointed your testimonies in righteousness and in all faithfulness, my zeal consumes me because my foes forget your words. Your promise is well tried and your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is righteous forever and your law is true. Trouble and anguish have found me out, but your commandments are my delight. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy and inerrant word we pick up on some themes from the last study last time we saw that the psalmist express a passion for god's word in the language of being deeply unsettled and disturbed by people who ignore god's word and we see that in verse 139 my zeal consumes me because my foes forget your words well david dixon the scottish commentator on this passage suggests that each of the verses of this stanza of Psalm 119 lead up to the petition in verse 144. And if you look at the end of verse 144, you see this petition, give me understanding that I may live. And he suggests that the other statements in this psalm are leading up to that prayer. And it's a recognition that the thing that we need most is an understanding of God's word if we are to live the Christian life. Simple profound true we need an understanding of god's word if we're to live the christian life and each of the sections of the psalm have to do with how the word of god bears in on the christian life we're going to study this tonight as an exposition of the foundations of the christian life the psalmist on this way to this final petition verse 144 gives eight foundations in our text tonight for the living of the christian life and I'd like you to briefly consider this with me. The first thing I want you to see is that it is absolutely essential for living the Christian life that God is who he says he is. That's the first point. God is who he says he is. Look how the psalmist begins this part of the psalm. Righteous are you, O Lord, and right are your rules. And my friend, if that were not true, we are in trouble. But it is certainly true. God is almighty. God is almighty. But if God is almighty and God is not righteous, there is no hope. But God is who he says he is, is essential for the living of the Christian life. It is one of the sources absolutely essential for our joy. The other great commentator, um, William S. Plumer, the character of God is the foundation of all holy joy. Well, we can meditate on that truth for the rest of our lives. That the character of God is the foundation of all holy joy. We can count on God being who he is and who he says he is to us in his word. 
And notice how the psalmist combines both of these things. Righteous are you and right are your rules. God is righteous and what God says is righteous. What God says squares with who he is, flows out of his own character. And I think, my friends, how often that lack in our human relationships is the source of disrupted fellowship. When our words and our character do not match, it disrupts human fellowship, families, churches, communities, nations. God in his character, in his revelation, in his person, in his word is righteous. And that is the foundation of the Christian life. God is who he says he is. Second thing is, carries on the point that is made in the second half of verse 137. You have appointed your testimonies in righteousness, verse 138, and in all faithfulness. You put that together with the end of verse 137. Right are your rules. You have appointed your testimonies in righteousness and in all faithfulness. What we're told here is the second foundation for the living of the Christian life. It is simply that God's word is like himself. It is righteous. It is trustworthy. God's word is like himself. It is righteous, trustworthy. One of the foundations of the Christian life is that God who he says he is. Another is that God's word is like himself. Wonderful, simple, profound, true. Now, my friends, this is very important because this is part of a battle that has been waged in our Western world. People have attempted to separate God from his word. They have argued. You see, all the time it's at the root of so much confusion in Great Britain today. They argue God is true, but his word is not true. Faithful Christians reject that wickedness. If God's word is not true, we do not know and cannot know God. No, God is true, but his word is true too. Think about it for a moment. Can you contemplate having a relationship with a person that you hold in honour, but you don't hold their word in honour? Can you contemplate having a relationship with a person you claim to honour, but you do not trust? You don't honour their word. There is a problem. There is a disconnect. Christians have always known you can't honour God and dishonour his word. They're inseparable. His word is like him. Lovely way to put it. That is a foundation of the Christian life. A third foundation of the Christian life. Verse 139, my zeal consumes me because my foes forget your words. The psalmist is again announcing he has this passion for God's word. And when he sees the enemies of God forgetting the words of God, abusing the words of God, destroying the words of God, trampling underfoot the words of God, it causes him to burn within. Because he is loyal to God, he loves God, he hates to see God dishonoured. So the third foundation of the Christian life, God is who he says he is, God's word is as himself, God, and principle three, God's people have a passion for his word. Now, studying this passage, the commentator Charles Bridges said a word in his commentary that struck me right to the heart. It's sometimes easy for us and will become increasingly easy for us in the culture to be angry when other people abuse, reject, try to modify God's word. But listen to what Charles Bridges says. The surest evidence of Christian zeal is when it begins at home in a narrow scrutiny and vehement revenge against the sins of our own heart when we're more ruthless with the sins that we see in our own hearts than the sins we see in others then we have a zeal that is according to knowledge 
We should have a passion about seeing the word of God reign in our own hearts. It is the corollary of the Lord Jesus's statement, take the log out of your own eye before you remove the speck from your brother's. We should have a zeal about the word of God, a passion for the word of God and a narrow scrutiny against the sin of our own heart. That is the third foundation of the Christian life. A fourth is verse 140. Your promise is well tried. Your servant loves it. God's people, this is the principle, God's people can count on his promise. It is well tried. It will not let them down and they love him for it. And here the psalmist is saying, I have tried him and tried him and tried him. I have counted on his word. I have believed his promise and he has never let me down. God's promises, my dear friend, are well tried. And believing that is a foundation of living the Christian life. And then the psalmist says, verse 141, I'm small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. What is the psalmist saying? He is saying, fifth principle, he does not mind being thought of as small and contemptible by the world because of his adherence to the word of God. And that, my dear friend, is so timely for now. We live in a world that is growing in contempt for Christians who hold to Christians the word, the word of God, Christian principles, biblical ethics, who believe biblical truth who avow and practice the law of God. And you'll be thought small, contemptible, bigoted for holding on to those things. Things in which you are perhaps in the majority of the history of the world, but today part of a shrinking minority. And there'll be a temptation for us to want to be thought of great and honoured in the eyes of the world. We want the world to laud us, to think that we're great. And the psalmist says, no, I'm identified with the word of God and I don't mind my world thinking that I'm small and contemptible. When I have to choose between fidelity to the word of God and the esteem of the world, I guess they're just going to have to think that I am small and contemptible because my allegiance forced only always is to the word of God. The principle is God's people do not mind being thought of as small as contemptible for their adherence to the word of God. That's five if I haven't lost my way. And six, if you look at verse 142, we see the sixth foundation for the living of the Christian life. Your righteousness is righteous forever and your law is true. The principle is that the psalmist is saying that God's word is unchangeably right and true in all respects. God's word is unchangeable. It's right and true in all respects. And again, it's one of the phenomena we see in our own day, which is the phenomenon of people who want to be thought of as evangelicals, and yet say that there are parts of God's word that are not applicable but i'm still a christian i'm an evangelical christian i believe in the gospel but there are parts of god's word that are not right and not true the psalmist the psalm is saying your righteousness is righteous forever it does not change your law is true let me tell you my friends no one has ever loved his bible too much no one will ever stand before the throne of god and hear these words from god you loved my word too much you believed too much of my word you thought all of it was true You'll never hear that from the throne of grace. No one has ever loved their Bible too much. 
the psalmist is saying it is always right it never changes it is all true and the day that changes will be, will, will be the day the church closes because we're built on the rock of the word of god it is the only sure foundation god's word is unchangeably it's right and true in every respect seventh look at verse one four three seventh principle trouble and anguish have found me out but your commandments are my delight a wise man once said in inspired scripture we are born for trouble as the sparks fly upward and this verse of psalm 119 affirms that trouble and anguish have found me out it's almost like the psalm is saying i was minding my own business and trouble and anguish came are looking for me in other words, he's saying we are born for trouble in this life. We shouldn't be surprised when it comes our way. And the only question is, in this life that is filled with trouble, when trouble finds me out, will there be anything else for me but the trouble? And the psalmist says, trouble and anguish have found me out, but your commandments are my delight. Your commandments are my delight. When anguish finds me, there is a word in the commandments of God. There is a word in the law of God. There is a word in the law of God that gives me delight, no matter what. One commentator says there are no fears which God's word cannot ally. There are no troubles which it cannot assuage. There are no griefs it cannot soothe. There are no temptations beneath which it cannot aid and relieve us. The word of God helps us in times of trouble. Have you ever been in one of those moments when you were literally so shot through with pain and shock that you cannot even think and all you can do is mutter God's word to yourself and you find passages coming to mind and you automatically recount them to yourself you can't process you can't think but you cling to the scriptures one when there's nothing that we can do for ourselves when there would be no hope unless there were a God to be counted on and a word from him to comfort us we are born for trouble in this life but God's word will see us through. It's a foundational truth of the Christian life. Last principle, verse 144. Your testimonies are righteous. Give me understanding that I may live. A fascinating combination. A declaration that God's testimonies are righteous forever. The same as verse 142. Your righteousness is righteous forever. God's righteousness never changes. The righteousness of his testimony does not change. God does not change, his word does not change. And then that prayer, give me understanding that I may live. Well, the eighth principle, the eighth foundation for the living of the Christian life is that we do need, no, we need no addition to the word of God. We need no correction to the word of God. God's word needs no correction, no addition. We need to understand the word of God. And notice in the psalm, all things of all sorts of things have been said about God and his word. God is who he says he is. God's word is like himself. God's, God's word is trustworthy and righteous. God's people have a passion for that word. God's people count on his promise. God's people do not mind being held in contempt because of the word of God. God's word is unchangeably right and true in all aspects. God's word will see us through in times of trouble. And God's word does not need correction or addition. It is righteous forever. And his response is, give me understanding that I may live. He is saying, Lord, help me understand your word. That is what I need to live the Christian life. Your word teaches me about you. God, the triune God, your word teaches me about the gospel and the Lord Jesus Christ. Your word teaches me how to live in communion with you now. 
and how to endure every trouble and finally how to come into your presence forever. Your word is what I have, your word is what I need and what I need God is to understand it. What a wonderful prayer in light of the announcement that the psalmist has made about the word of God and its qualities. He simply says, because of what I have said about your word is true, what I need is to understand your word. That's what we pray when we read the word of God. We understand that the reading of the word of God is a means of grace. And we want the Holy Spirit to give us understanding in the reading of the word. It's one of the most glorious things in the world to have the word of God read in public worship as a means of grace. It is God himself speaking to your ears. And all we need to do is understand it. It is the foundation of the Christian life. May the Lord bless the reading of his word tonight but and the exposition of it because his word is the foundation for living the Christian life. May God bless you and look forward to seeing you on the Lord's Day.